Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Well, we are in part three of our series, Make Way for the King. If I can get some light keys there, Brandon, as we read the scriptures. If you'll stand with me for the reading of God's word, we are going to jump straight into this today. We are coming from Luke chapter 2 today. I was supposed to preach this message last week, and then your pastor uh, went and seen the chiropractor and tried to go play ball two hours later and ended up in a mess. Uh, so I didn't get to come last week, but the Lord is healing me. You know, I was thinking about this this week because sometimes, especially us spirit-filled Pentecostal folks, we we like that healing to be instantaneous, right? We just want somebody to touch us and bam, we just healed. But I got to thinking about that this week as I was laying in a tub and I was hurting and I was crying out to God and I'm soaking in that Epsom salt and all of that. And I was hurting. Uh, and I just began to think about the human body. And you understand that the Lord should actually get credit for every time that your body heals. You want to know why? Because the body was created to heal itself. Go cut yourself. No, don't go cut yourself today. I'm just saying, if, if you were to get cut, your body would, would heal itself, right? We understand that concept. We know that, right? That's why scientists and medical experts, they can't figure out why the human body dies because it was created to heal itself. Let me help those scientists and medical experts. It's because of what happened in the garden that mankind dies. But our bodies were created to heal themselves, and so... As my body has been healing up this week and my back is getting better and better, I felt the Lord touch me as Jasper prayed for me. I felt my help come into the room, as I said earlier, but my back was so tight just a minute ago. Thank you, brother, for praying for me because it's loosened up. My muscles back there are spasming and all that. But like I said, the Lord gets credit for every healing because your body is healing itself right now. Anybody, if you've got anything going on in your physical body, just want to help you today. The Lord's healing you right now. He gets all the credit and all the glory. Amen. 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 All right. I know that was for somebody in the room. Luke chapter two. We're going to start in verse one. We're going to do something crazy in the house of God. We're going to read 18 verses today. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's okay to read the Bible in church, right? Amen. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea in the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. How many of you know that was Jesus? Amen. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the end. Mm. Verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. 
Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Come on, somebody give God praise. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So it was, the, was, uh, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And those who heard it marveled at at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word. Give me strength, Lord God. Lord, loosen up this back. Loosen up my spirit, God, so that I can hear from you, Lord God, and bring forth your word. Lord Jesus, help me to preach with fervency, fire, and passion as I make way for the king this morning. I honor you, King Jesus, and we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' mighty name, the church said amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Brandon, I'm going to give you a break today, brother. You can sit with your precious wife as I bring the word. Amen. So we've been in our series, Make Way for the King, and we have been there for the month of December, right? Because this is the story of Christmas, right? Christ must. That's what Christmas is about. Amen. And what Christmas is all about is the coming of a king. Amen. We celebrate Christmas because the king was born. Christmas is when the incarnation happened. Incarnation is a big theological word for God wrapped in flesh. Come on, somebody. God came and saved mankind. He came to save his people, his creation, by wrapping himself in flesh. The son of the living God came And he carried the DNA of God himself, right? The Bible says no one went into Mary, but she was pregnant and conceived by the Holy Spirit. That means that God was his father. Amen. So the king shows up and steps onto the scene with this incredible assignment of coming to save the entire world. We just read the story of his birth, which is a message that angels gave to shepherds. And one of the first things we read after his actual birth is that Mary wraps him in swaddling clothes and lays him in a manger. And I know some of you are probably thinking, well, that's normal, right? That's what happens when a baby is born. We swaddle them. We wrap them up in blankets because it makes them feel like they're still in the womb. For those of you who didn't know, that's why we do that. It makes them feel secure. It makes them feel comfortable. It makes them warm, right? And that's why we swaddle babies. So you might be asking yourself, well, well, uh, that, that's just normal, right? But there's actually some significance to that which I will get to here in a minute. But the angels are the ones who tell this little fun fact that he was born and swaddled and lying in a manger 
and there was no room for him. That's why he was born in this stable. That's why he was born in this manger, because he was going, Mary and Joseph are going from hotel to hotel, but there was no room for them. Y'all see where I'm going with this here in a minute, don't you? Uh, but I'm getting to the scenario of there being no room for Jesus at the hotels and at the inn. Um, but I want to start out with some of the facts of his birth and why I believe that it was done this way. Why did God, the creator of the universe, come this way into the world? He's a king, right? Shouldn't he be born in a palace? Shouldn't he be born on a king-sized bed with silk sheets and all of the fixings and all of the trimmings? But our king comes in a manger instead of a high place. He comes in a manger instead of a palace. He comes in a manger instead of a bed. And I want to share with you this morning, the reason he was born like this was because he wanted to show you from the jump, and he wanted to show you from the start that you serve a different type of king. Come on, somebody. You serve a different type of king. He would have been born lowly if he would have been born in a hotel and not a palace, but Jesus didn't even get to be born in the hotel and didn't, wasn't born in the palace. He went lower than the palace by going to the hotel, and he went lower than the hotel by going down into the stable to be born. Come on. I said we serve a different type of king. Anybody with me this morning? You serve a king who doesn't come like everybody thinks he should. You serve a king who came in a different kind of package than what the world thought that he should look like. He doesn't come how everybody thinks he should come. Come on. He doesn't come in the package that everybody thought he would. Heck, him and John the Baptist would have been kicked out of our churches these days. They didn't come wearing a shirt and a tie and get their education at seminary. No John had a fur coat out in the wilderness made of camel's hair. He had dreadlocks down to here. They'd have kicked him out of the church. Jesus didn't go to seminary school. He wasn't born in a palace like all the other kings, but he was born in a manger. You serve a different type of king. You serve a king who is different. You serve a king who isn't hiding out in the palace but he's in the streets with his people. Come on, somebody. You serve a king who wasn't born on a king-sized mattress with silk sheets, but you serve a king who was laid in a manger. You serve a king who wasn't born in the palace. He didn't even make it on the inside of the hotel. You serve a king who was born in a stable. And I know what some of y'all are thinking, well, well, what kind of king is this? I, I want to serve a fancy king. I, I want to serve a big king. I want to serve a glorious king. Well, let me tell you why it happened this way. I'm glad that you asked because I'm going to tell you what kind of king that is. That's a king that will leave his place of leisure and comfortability and rightful place of honor and get down in your mess with you. Come on, y'all ain't helping me this morning. That's the type of king that you serve. You serve a king who's willing to get in the mess with you. You serve a king who's willing to get in the stink with you. Come on. Y'all ever been in a stable before? You ever been on a farm? You ever been in a barn? When I went through Team Challenge, we lived on a farm, and there was all kinds of smells out there. Let me tell you, I'd wake up some mornings like, where in the world has God got me out here in Virginia? I'm on the middle of a farm. There's goats everywhere. There's horses everywhere. Y'all know me. I'm country, but I'm city at the same time. But 
But I was like, where in the world am I? It was stinky out there. It, it was a little bit messy out there. Come on, y'all see what I'm saying here this morning. You serve a king who's willing to get down in the middle of your mess with you. You serve a king who's different. You serve a king who will show up in the middle of your mess. Come on, somebody. You serve a king that'll walk with you in the middle of your horrific divorce. Come on. You serve a king who will get down in the mess of your addiction. You serve a king that didn't leave you or abandon you in 2020. As we walked through a global pandemic and our economy was in crisis and there was death and carnage all around us and almost a million people have died in the world. Come on. You serve a king who was willing to get down in the mess with you. We serve a king who's got his hand on America no matter who the president is. Come on, somebody. We serve a king who will get down with you in your financial crisis. You serve a king who will be with you as you battle the cancer. We serve a king who will be with you as you go through the loss of loved ones. There was only one time in the Bible where Jesus wept, and it was because one of his closest friends had died. You serve a king who knows what it's like to lose somebody. We serve a king who's different. We serve a king who will wait four days simply so that you could die so that he could raise you back up for his glory. Y'all ain't saying it. You, you serve a king who has the power to raise you from the dead. You serve a king who can take everything that the enemy meant for evil and turn it around on his head for the good. You serve a king who can work all things out for your good because of his goodness. We serve a different type of king. Not only was he born in a manger, but he came into Jerusalem riding low on a donkey. Come on. We, we serve a king who's different. We serve a king that everybody wanted him coming riding in on a horse ready to make war with a coat of mail and armor and all of those things. But we serve a king who didn't come like that. He didn't come like that at first. But let me tell you, next week I'm going to break it down because he's coming back like that. But that ain't how he came the first time. We serve a king who you can't have them how you want them, but you get them how you get them. Come on, somebody. We serve a king. We serve a different type of king. A lot of kings come in trying to start wars and flex and show their authority, but we serve a king who came to end the greatest war of all time, which was the, the sin on mankind's life. We serve a king who came to deliver us. We serve a king who came to heal us. We serve a king who came to set us free. I'm thankful that I serve a different type of king. Come on, somebody. Anybody thankful for that this morning? Are you thankful that you serve a different type of king? Philippians 2.6 says, Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. Want to know what that means? Although he was king, he didn't always have to run around flexing like a king. Come on. See, that's the great thing about identity. When you have and you're strong in your identity in Christ and your identity in the king and you realize you're a king's kid and then you read over in Revelation that the Bible actually calls us kings and priests too. Come on, somebody. Like, like we can walk in confidence and not always have to flex out and show our kingship, but we can walk in humility to what the Father has called us to do, which is what Jesus did, by the way. Although he was a king, he didn't have to flex out like a king, right? Because 
He's a different type of king. Hebrews 4.15 type of king. Come on, somebody. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He was tempted and tried in every way, yet he did not sin. Come on, we serve a different type of king. We serve a king that ain't hiding out in the palace, but we serve a king who walked this earth and knows what it feels like to be wrapped in flesh. He knows what it feels like to lose the loss and have the loss of a loved one. He knows what it feels like to be hungry. Come on. He knows what it feels like to be tired. He knows what it feels like not to have a place to lay his head down and rest. You serve a king who is different than any other king that's ever been on the face of the earth. You serve a great king. You serve a Hebrews 4.15 type of king. You serve a king who can sympathize with the things that you walk through in this life. We serve a king, watch this, who never asked you to do things he didn't do himself. We serve a king who doesn't ask you to do things that he hasn't already done himself. Come on, now I'm preaching. Y'all ought to be shouting because this is a great qualification for a good leader. A good leader never asks you to do some things that he hasn't already done himself or that he's not willing to do himself. That's the type of king that I want to follow. Come on. I, I want to follow a king who don't just tell me what to do, but a king who shows me what to do. I heard I preached that a couple of weeks ago. I want to follow a king that will show me what to do and not just bark at me and tell me what to do. I'm one of them learners that need to see it done and then go do it myself. Come on. I got any of those in the house today. <laughs> we serve a king who was born in Bethlehem and didn't just bark at you and tell you how to live. He showed you how to live. The king we serve didn't just tell you how to love folks. Come on, somebody. He showed you how to love folks. We serve a king who didn't just tell us how to forgive folks. He hung on a cross and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We serve a different type of king. We serve a king who didn't just tell you how to love your enemies. He showed you how to love your enemies. See, we got a problem in today's church. We got too many pastors and leaders that want a stage and a microphone but have never picked up a broom or a vacuum. Come on, somebody. I'm not interested in hearing about your calling to preach unless you're willing to serve in a department of the church. Come on. The king came to show us how to do it. I said the king came to show us how to do it. If our king came not to be served but to serve, why do we in the church think that there would be anything different for the citizens of that kingdom? Back to our text here in Luke 2. The Bible says he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and put in a manger. When you swaddle a baby and you wrap it tightly in blankets, we do this because it keeps the baby warm. It keeps the baby feeling secure, much like it did in the womb. I was looking for a baby to be swallowed, swaddled, but I don't think we have one. Asher, you too big, big dog. So swaddling, watch this, it brings comfort. Swaddling brings security. Swaddling brings warmth. Can I tell you this morning that when you make room for the king, he does the same thing for you. 
When you make room for the king, he'll bring you some comfort. Come on. One of his names for the Holy Spirit is the comforter. When you make room for the king, the comforter can show up. Because how many of you know sometimes Christianity can be uncomfortable? It can be uncomfortable to be the only one on the assembly line who's saved. It can be uncomfortable to be the one at your job who's always talking about Jesus and everybody thinks you're crazy. Come on, somebody. It can be uncomfortable to be talking about Jesus in the school place right now, right, mama? where they've took prayer out and they've tried to take God from the school system. It can be uncomfortable to do those things, but we have the one who is the Holy Spirit, who his name is called the Comforter. It can be uncomfortable. Watch this. Being swaddled by the king, being swaddled by the king can bring warmth to your life. How many of you know it's a cold world, baby? And I ain't talking about a J. Cole song. Only a few of y'all got that. But it's a cold world out there. It can be rough out there. You need the warmth of God in your life. Come on. It make you feel warm and fuzzy too when you know that your salvation is available and ready to you and it is given to you and God has a plan for you and God has a purpose for your life. It'll make you feel warm on the inside. Amen. But when you make room for the king, watch this. He brings security to your life. It's a whole lot easier to not be worried about death. Watch this. I, thank you, Holy Spirit, because I remember this. I used to be so scared about dying. My wife still calls me a hypochondriac. I rebuke that, though. I'm kidding, but I, I remember being gripped by fear when I was out there on drugs because I would take so much stuff and I would mix all these drugs up that I would do so much drugs that most people would have just fallen over dead. And I knew that, that, that I was pushing it to the limits, right? I was pushing it to the limits. So I knew that every time I laid my head down as I was high, there was a chance that I would not get up in the morning. And so fear gripped my life. But once the king showed up on the scene, come on, somebody. I don't worry about dying no more. Come on. I, I have a security that is locked in heaven. The Bible says that I am in his hand and there is nothing that can pluck me from his hand. Come on. That ought to make some of y'all get excited in the house of God today. Like there is nothing that can keep you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, right? That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8. There's no principality. There's no devil. Come on, somebody. There's no mistake that you made in your past. There is not height nor depth. There is no thing that can keep you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You have security. You have security in Christ. And I know what some of y'all are probably thinking, well, what is the significance of him being put in a manger? And why was this told to the shepherds? And I'll give you a little fun fact here. And I'm going to give credit to Marcy, wherever she's at. She's probably in the, in the kids. She's in the nursery today. But Marcy had sent me this video, and I didn't even know any of this stuff. And it's crazy how the Holy Spirit works. Can I just testify to how the Holy Spirit works? He's just awesome, isn't he? He, he just knows things. He, I, I'm going to say it in a minute, and I'm gonna, well, I guess I'm going to say it right now. The Holy Spirit is your GPS in life. You have a destiny and a purpose to get to, and the Holy Spirit is the GPS that gets you to that destiny. You could take a wrong turn. Guess what? It'll just tell you to turn. Holy Spirit tell you just turn right back around. Let's get back on course and let's get to where I'm trying to take you. But the Holy Spirit is awesome. I, she had no idea I was preaching from Luke chapter 2. She sent me this a couple of weeks ago. 
Then she got mad at me because she said, I was with your mama. You answered her text. You didn't even respond to me. But it really was the Holy Spirit because I didn't see that. And the Lord wanted it to be done on purpose because I, I was supposed to preach this message last week. I didn't even see it. Um, but when I had, when I, when she mentioned it to me, she was like, I sent you something. Did you get the chance? To, I was like, no, I hadn't even opened it up or read it. And I opened it up and watched the video. And it's about what I'm about to share with you right now. She had no idea that I was preaching from Luke chapter two on the manger, but this is so cool. Watch this mangers in ancient Israel were made of stone and stone was to protect you. Y'all thought that manger was wooden, didn't you? The manger was made out of stone. I thought it too. It's okay. <laughs> the manger was made out of stone, and the manger was made out of stone because the manger was meant to protect a lamb. They were made out of stone. See, it wasn't comfy, but it was for protection. Shepherds would lay baby lambs for the perfect sacrifice, and they would swaddle them in cloth and lay them in a manger. That way they would grow without blemish. And they would wrap them up so tightly like a baby. That way, you know, you can't get hurt if you can't move. Come on, somebody. You can't fall down and break your leg and not be able to get up if you can't walk, right? You're laying in this manger. You're growing up in this manger. You're growing up in this atmosphere. They were swaddled in cloth and laid in a manger so that they would grow up without blemish. Ancient Israel was known for the sacrificial system and the sacrificial system of a lamb. And Jesus, who was the sacrificial lamb of the universe, right? He was the, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. They was kept in this bubble in the manger and they would grow up without blemish. You want to know what I love about what this tells me is that uh, God goes and tells them, the shepherds, this. What I love about this and what it tells me by him telling the shepherds that they, uh, that we, is that we serve a God who will meet you where you're at. Oh, come on, somebody. I said, we serve a God who will meet you where you're at. Because you want to know why? The shepherds would have been the only one who would have known, oh, my God, the real OMG, right? Oh, my God. This is the spotless lamb who's going to save the world. This is the Messiah who came to save my sins who came to pay the price, who came to pay the price for my family. So the angels show up with this message for the shepherds, and they tell the shepherds, you need to go see the Messiah. You need to go see the spotless lamb. And he meets them where they're at and gives them an example that they would understand. I'm thankful for God meet me where I'm at. Can I help some of y'all with this? When I was talking about the Holy Spirit, and I see it coming full circle now. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will sound like something that you would say. Why? It ain't you, and he trying to meet you where you're at. Man, that's good teaching. I see some of y'all's hair blowing back. Y'all can't even shout. Come on. That's good. We need revelation. Ricky's hair is blowed all the way back. <laughs> It sounds like that because God's trying to meet you where you're at. God be talking to me about Jordans all the time. <laughs> I be riding in my car, my old school. He just be talking to me. Come on. God will meet you where you're at. God, God will speak things to you so that you can understand them. See, we, we make God so complicated. 
We make God so complicated. If you've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, why would he not meet you where you're at? Why would he not speak to you in ways that he could relate to you? Why? He, 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 he shaped you and formed you in your mother's womb. Right? He, he's the one who gave you the things that you like. He's the one that put those things on the inside of you. He's the reason why you do what you do and how you do how you do it. He wants to meet you where you're at. Watch this. Verse 11 says, for there is a, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Two things real quick there. Lord, Savior. Lord, Savior. You see, the problem with us in the Western worldview and religion is that everybody's good with having a Savior. Come on, somebody. But ain't no, a lot of people aren't good with having a Lord and a Savior. Can I help us this morning? I was crying, weeping this way on the way to church this morning, just praying and seeking the face of God. And you want to know what I was crying about? I was just thanking God that he's my Savior. Come on, somebody. Look, it ain't no secret. You need a Savior. I need a Savior. Some of y'all with the thoughts that pop up in your mind, guess what? You need a Savior. You got to take him captive. I'm not saying that you're in sin because a thought pops into your mind. Oh, some of y'all looking real holy in here. Like, don't know nothing pops in your mind. Well, this preacher came to tell you that crazy stuff will pop in your mind sometimes, but you want to know the difference is you got the Holy Spirit, and you can take every thought captive and make it obedient unto Christ, right? Just because something crazy pops in your mind don't mean that you're wicked, evil, and sinful. What you do with the thought that pops in your mind will determine whether you are wicked evil and sinful we, but but there's no secret we need a savior we need a savior wave at me if you need a savior this morning come on somebody ricky wave twice i'm picking on ricky this morning <laughs> we need a savior we know that but do you know him as lord and savior we need a lord too y'all we need a lord to be Lord of the church of Jesus Christ. Come on. We need somebody who will shepherd us. Oh, here we go. We need somebody who will lead us. We need, a, we need a shepherd who not only told us what to do, but showed us what to do. Come on. We need a Savior. That's obvious. But we must have a Lord too. Like I said earlier, he doesn't tell you to do something without showing you how to do it. Man, that's the type of Lord I want to follow. That's, that's the type of king I want to follow who, who will not only tell you what to do, but show you what to do. And we have that individual. When you make room for the king, you better understand something. This ain't Burger King. Oh, come on, somebody. This ain't Burger King. You can't have it your way. Jesus is not the king on them goofy commercials. He's either Lord of it all or he ain't Lord at all. He is Lord and Savior. Sure, he wants to save you, but he also wants to become the master of your life. He wants to become the captain of your ship so that he can get you to the place that he's trying to get you so that he can take you to the places that he's trying to take you. How many of you know God's plans for you are good and they are great and they are for you? He's not against you. God wants to take you somewhere. Which brings me to my next point here real quick. The Bible says that there were no room for him at the end. There was no room for him at the end. Y'all still with me? I'm almost done. We're talking about making way for the king. We're talking about making room for the king. But when Jesus steps onto the scene of the earth that he had created, that he had spoken into existence, is what 
Colossians chapter 1 says to us, he was there in the beginning. And he steps onto the scene to save the world. And there was not even room for him. If Jesus stepped onto the scene of your life, would you have room for him? Does he not get the best bedroom in your house? Do you keep him outside? Is Jesus' place in the garage at your house? Does he have to keep knocking on the door of your heart or do you just let him in? Well, Caleb, how, how, how can I make room for him? Do you honor him in every single thing that you say and in every single thing that you do? Does he get the first fruits or the leftovers of your day? Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm helping us today. Does God get the first fruits of your life? Do you wake up early in the morning trying to seek him? Or does he get the leftovers of you as you're tired from your day and as you're just coming home and you got five minutes to say a quick prayer over your food? Or do you give him your best? Is there room for Jesus in your life? Do you put him first and seek him in the morning or does he get put on the back burner for tomorrow? Well, I'll pray tomorrow. I'll read my word tomorrow. I'll go to church next week. Or does he have the first fruits of your life? Is there room for him at your workplace? Do your coworkers know that you love Jesus? Do they even know that you are a believer? Is there room for King Jesus at the gym as you walk into the room? Are you sharing King Jesus with you everywhere that you go? Is there room for him in your time management? Can I help us this morning? Money is not the most precious commodity on the face of the earth. Time is because you can't buy more of it. You can't get any of it back. Do you honor the king and is he first in your life with your time management thank you for listening to the recovery to recover podcast if you like what you heard today visit be or miriamhouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of god you can also follow me on facebook at caleb mccall or on instagram at pastor caleb mack see you next week